What's going on guys? We're back here with book club numero seven. Uh, but before we hop into that, I just want to say that over 80% of you that are watching these videos are not subscribed to the channel. So if you do enjoy these videos and do and like the stuff on this channel, please do subscribe, leave a like on the video. All that stuff is awesome and helps out. For book club eight, we go through chapter four, energy and currents, where and why trout hold. This is probably the shortest chapter in the entire book, but some very, very important information. I am excited to dive into the next chapters after this, as he gets into some case studies where he breaks down different water types and how he pushes those, um, which is what I'm most interested in reading this book, but this is definitely an important topic. It definitely needed a chapter dedicated to itself. So he talks in the book about how trout need to maximize their fitness at the least possible cost and basically you know old timers used to tell me when i was coming up in fly fishing that trout are basically like teenagers and then they'd be like no offense not you because i was usually a i was a teenager at the time and they're like teenagers are lazy and they're hungry all the time and basically he talks about fitness fitness is the ability to be successful to grow and then to reproduce and so you want to maximize that fitness at the least possible cost to be that fit to grow to be able to um, have the energy to build gametes to reproduce you need to have a good source of food and so i was told the teenager analogy where they're lazy try or lazy uh, he specifically Devin in the book specifically says that trout are not lazy and it's more or less like an escalator and so the fish are in my mind are always going up an escalator they're always uh, running on a treadmill essentially and they're trying to find the treadmill or the escalator that's going as slow as possible or requires the least amount of effort for them to keep moving forward or stay in the same spot as the water comes down past them but also brings the most feed for the slowest current so it's kind of a cost-benefit analysis if you're into economics or anything like that. And essentially, they're trying to be as lazy as possible while still getting the most amount of food because the faster the water, the more food that is coming down. The slower the water, the less food, but the slower the water, the less energy required. The faster water, more energy. So you're trying to find that peak in the curve, you know, that nice little sweet spot that's ideal for those fish. And that comes into where we talk about reading water. You know, we want the combination of relatively slow water with high food. And what that comes into is looking for stuff like pockets or seams, areas of slow water next to areas of high, fast water where the food is coming down exceptionally fast and the fish can sit right next to that in slow water and just kind of conserve energy and then pop out and eat whenever they need to and then pop right back in and rest. So a couple things, you know, when you're looking at the water, uh, whenever you're looking at like rocks or substrate, you know, just the substrate itself can tell you a lot about the water. You know, the smaller the substrate, if you're, you know, small rocks, sand, you know, that has relatively low surface area and therefore you have a lot less friction because friction is what causes differentials in currents or oftentimes, you know, the current at the top is not necessarily as fast as the current at the bottom. In fact, sometimes you can have a dead current or even a current going in reverse at the bottom. And he has a nice picture in the book of flags coming down a pole and, you know, these ones are like a kite during a wind just ripped to the side and some are just dangling and then even the ones at the bottom are going the opposite direction. So if your substrate 
is small, like sand or small little uh, pebbles or whatnot, you have less friction, um, and that actually is an increased surface speed or current speed. So if you have a fast riffle, and like around here in western New York, we have a lot of slate, and so if you have a riffle and there's no boulders disturbing that, that current is going to be relatively identical all the way down because there's no real friction, especially slate, you know, and there's nothing pushing the current back. So the current changes less based on depth when the substrate is, is small like that, or not at all if it's substrate, basically. And then the larger the substrate, you know, if you have that same riffle, uh, you know, even if it's a slight bottom, you got some big boulders in there that are pushing the water back. Um, and he has a picture of a snow fence. Think about a snow fence. I don't know if you have snow around you, but we put up snow fence in the, in the front lawn so that all the snow doesn't build up on the porch. But in front of that snow fence, you get a big buildup of snow. And then below it, you don't have as much snow. It's actually considerably different, where your snow could be this high in front of it, and below it, it's not a whole lot. And so with those large substrate and with those boulders, seeing so that current, you get a big buildup of current right at the cusp of that boulder and you even get a hydro pocket in front of it based on how it pushes back but then you get that nice slow lesser current speed behind it and so if you have those big boulders you kind of get a more variation uh, in the water column where at the top you can have these really heavy speeds and it could still look like it's a fast riffle at the top but because of that boulder at the bottom you know the current's not so much it's an ideal place for a fish to sit they can pop out get some food pop right back in and rest and do their thing and so stuff like that essentially reading water is combining what you see on the surface with what you predict below the surface and you know substrate helps with that just common knowledge and stuff like reading seams across you know if you see a slower piece of the surface current next to a faster piece of current uh, a faster piece of current you know that's probably a good place to target some fish there's also another book that I recommend. It's called Reading Trout Water. It's by Dave Hughes. And I read that quite a long time ago now. I think back when I was in high school, uh, maybe even before then, but definitely changed how I approach water. And a very good book and highly recommend. Maybe we'll do that for the next book club or maybe not, but definitely a good book when it comes to figuring out how to read water. But that's all I have for this book club. I'm excited to dive into these next chapters. I hope you guys got something out of this video. If you did, like I said earlier, subscribe, leave a like, tight lines. We'll see you in the next one.